Hello everyone, my name is Mina Ramchandani. I'm an infectious disease physician at the University of Washington in Seattle. This podcast is dedicated to a STD literature review for healthcare professionals who are interested in remaining up to date on the diagnosis, management, and prevention of STDs. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the world and our interactions are a bit different now, to put things mildly. Many clinics have been closed or are slowly reopening for patient care, per the recommended local guidelines. In the Sexual Health Clinic for Seattle and King County, we had to quickly initiate telemedicine and telephone visits in place of clinic visits when COVID-19 first hit and delaying patient visits for the safety of both patients and staff. I decided to focus this podcast on home-based STD testing and picked out a few articles on this topic published in the last five years. The reason this came up is that we have more than 600 clients enrolled in our PrEP program within the clinic, and home-based testing may be one way to achieve asymptomatic STD and HIV screening during this difficult time. Studies have shown that home-based STD testing can potentially help decrease cost as well as stigma in accessing STD services and they might be more convenient for patients overall. There are enough data to support the acceptability, feasibility, and accuracy of self-collected samples for STD testing, which I will not go into today. The focus of this podcast is to review some relevant articles in the literature on home-based STD testing for asymptomatic individuals. The first article I'd like to introduce is titled Home Sampling for Sexually Transmitted Infections and HIV in Men Who Have Sex with Men, a Prospective Observational Study by Dr. Martin Fisher and colleagues. The study was done at three facilities providing STI and HIV testing in Brighton, United Kingdom. The study was published in PLOS One in 2015, but of note was conducted in 2008. So, interesting features of the study, there were three different participant groups that were enrolled. The first participant group included adult MSM contacting or attending a sexual health clinic requesting STI testing. They call sexual health clinics genitourinary medicine services in the United Kingdom, just as an FYI. The second group were MSM with HIV who are attending a routine clinic visit as part of their HIV primary care. And the third group were MSM attending a community-based rapid HIV testing service. All participants were offered a home sampling kit for STD testing as well as HIV testing versus in-person clinic-based testing. If doing the home-based testing, the participants actually needed to return the specimens in person to the sexual health clinic or the HIV clinic. And this is important to remark on because the patients couldn't just send the test kits in via the mail. They actually had to physically go into the clinic to return the test kits. The home sampling kits included the following swabs in a urine container to collect specimens for chlamydia and gonorrhea testing, as well as a swab to collect saliva specimens for HIV antibody if negative, and a syphilis treponemal antibody testing as well. No blood test was done in the study. What the authors found is that overall, 75% of individuals at the three sites opted for home-based testing over clinic-based testing, so it was favorably accepted. Among all the home sampling kits given out, 47% were returned, but there was a difference in the return rate by study site. For example, the return rate was 78% amongst those attending the sexual health clinic, but only 16% amongst participants from the community-based testing services. And in looking more closely at the individuals who returned the home testing kits, they had an overall median age that was in the 30s to 40s range, 
and 30 to 50% had higher levels of education. The authors found that the overall STI incidence was 13% among the home testing kits returned, including 9% for chlamydia, 2.5% for gonorrhea, and 1.5% for newly diagnosed syphilis. And these rates were similar for each recruiting site and were comparable to the rates seen in asymptomatic MSM undergoing STI testing in the sexual health clinic. No new HIV diagnoses were made, but the authors do point out that the duration of the study was only about seven months. Overall, the study does suggest that home-based testing is acceptable to MSM and might be a really good alternative to clinic-based testing for STDs and HIV. I'd love to see the study repeated now that PrEP is widely available and home testing kits could also include self-collections blood sampling for fourth-generation HIV antigen antibody tests. It would also be good to include syphilis testing, especially one that had an RPR option for those with a history of syphilis. Last, since we now get packages so easily, yesterday I ordered something online and today it was delivered at my door, it would be great if home-based testing included home delivery of testing kits and test results given online or through text message or some sort of tech format to make this whole process a lot more convenient for clients. It would also be great if clients could send in the home testing kits back to the clinic via the mail. The study reported that treatment for patients with positive test results was performed per standard clinic protocols, but it would be really interesting to know more details about treatment. The next article I'd like to discuss is titled Observational Study of Factors Associated with Return of Home Sampling Kits for Sexually Transmitted Infections Requested Online in the United Kingdom by Dr. Kave Manavi and Dr. James Hodson, published in the British Medical Journal in 2017. So key features of this study, participants in the study could request STD and HIV kits on a website without the need for a referral from the general practitioner. The kits were delivered per patient preference to the participant's home or to a pharmacy or sexual health clinic nearby where they lived. The goal was to screen asymptomatic patients. Kits included swabs and urine containers to test for chlamydia and gonorrhea, and actually had a finger prick device to obtain blood samples for HIV and syphilis serology testing. Of note, the testing for syphilis was still a treponemal antibody test that would only be helpful in those without a history of syphilis. They actually found that about 5,300 kits were requested, and both men and women were included in the study. Of these 5,300 kits, only 58% of kits were returned, and on multivariate analysis, the rates of return were similar for both women and MSM, but they found that the STD kits from heterosexual males were less likely to be returned. Kits that were delivered to a patient's home, rather than a clinic or a pharmacy, and that had a significant p-value of less than 0.001. The aim of the study was to investigate the rate of return for home sampling kits and features of participants that were more likely to return the kits. The return rate of 58% seems to be similar to other studies looking at home-based STD or HIV testing kits. What I like about this program is that patients were informed of their test results by text messaging within one hour of results being available. Although patients were informed of their test results, it's not clear how many were treated if diagnosed with an STD and in what time frame. The Home STD Testing Service is part of the Umbrella Health, which is a free sexual health service in parts of the United Kingdom that has implemented innovative and very convenient ways to test and treat clients with STDs and HIV. 
I'd be curious to hear more about the management of STDs and HIV in these home testing programs. The third article to discuss today is titled An Analysis of User Survey Data for an Internet Program for Testing for Sexually Transmitted Infections. I Want the Kit in Maryland and Washington, D.C., by Dr. Hogginson and colleagues published in Sexually Transmitted Diseases in December of 2019. This manuscript describes survey results for the I Want the Kit program that offers home-based SED testing for chlamydia, gonorrhea, and trichomonas. The program was initially designed for women, but it's expanded to include STD testing for men as well. The study utilized an online format for individuals to order kits and to obtain their own results. In this program, clients ordered the kit online, received the kit by mail, collected their own samples, and checked their results online when notified, and completed a survey about the process. So interesting features about this article. The survey wanted to evaluate user acceptability for the program and explore future directions. They had about 457 respondents and 62% were female. Three participants were genderqueer and one participant was trans male. And the participants were from a diverse group of ethnicities, with most being in the age range of 20 to 40 years old. The authors found that 62% of respondents stated that home was the preferred place of testing for STDs, and more than 90% said self-swabs were easy or very easy to use. Greater than 90% felt it was easy or very easy to order the kits and understand the collection instructions. The average cost respondents would be willing to pay for an in-home rapid test device, if available, was approximately 20 U.S. dollars, and most participants were willing to self-collect for blood samples if needed. It seems as though in this program, participants were satisfied with the home STD testing kit model, and 62% said home was the preferred place for STD testing. And while this is the majority of participants, it also suggests that giving options to clients might be needed for more widespread STD testing. These three articles contribute to our understanding of home-based testing and reinforce the need for novel approaches to increase STD and HIV testing in general. Home testing may be one way to meet this need and can potentially address some of the barriers to clinic-based STD testing. These might include stigma, privacy, and confidentiality concerns, for example, or even difficulties with transportation or time constraints. Home testing can also help offload some of the clinic burden for routine STD testing that may tax clinic capacity. Some of the issues that arise are turnaround time for test results, how to give clients their test results, and implementing further management and follow-up, such as treatment for an STD and treatment for partners. I encourage you to take a look at these articles as they might help in understanding what might be feasible for your practice. Two other articles I'd like to point out that were also helpful on this topic and encourage you to read if interested is number one, developing and assessing the feasibility of a home-based pre-exposure prophylaxis monitoring and support program by Dr. Siegler and colleagues in Clinical Infectious Diseases, published in February of 2019. And number two, acceptability and feasibility of self-collecting biological specimens for HIV, sexually transmitted infections, and adherence testing among high-risk populations by Dr. Sharma and colleagues, published in the Journal of Medical Internet Research in 2019. So we're just experimenting with home-based STI and HIV testing in our clinic, and we'll soon incorporate home-based testing kits for some of our PrEP clients who are asymptomatic and need regular screening. 
One of our colleagues is also doing a research study on this topic, Dr. Chase Cannon, so stay tuned for the results of his work. To conclude, I'd like to summarize some key points from the session. Home-based SED and HIV testing is a promising tool to increase testing of individuals at risk of acquiring SEDs and HIV and can be integrated in clinical practice and prep care for asymptomatic individuals. Home testing may help to decrease stigma and alleviate some of the structural barriers to SED and HIV testing in certain patients. Using technology to help with ordering samples and obtaining results is useful for increasing engagement in the home testing process. And lastly, follow-up of home testing results needs to be integrated into the clinical practice so that patients and their partners can get treated. And I really look forward to hearing more on treatment management of those with STDs who undergo home-based STD testing. This podcast is brought to you by the National STD Curriculum, the STD Prevention Training Center at the University of Washington, and is funded by a grant from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. References for this podcast can be found on our website, the National STD Curriculum at www.std.uw.edu.